Hi, welcome to Comp and Circumstance, the freshman writing podcast that's here to help you succeed in your first year college writing class. Today's episode is a rant or a mini rant or a rantlet or as I like to call it, a ranticle. I'll probably drop these every once in a while. It's a tiny episode or at least half of what I would usually record. And I think I'll go ahead and call them ranticles because they're small and they're just kind of dangling out there on their own the way participles can sometimes do when they're modifying something other than the noun that they're supposed to modify. The subject of these ranticles are things that will probably irritate me or perhaps other English teachers, and I can't calmly compose an entire episode about them, so I will rant. You might by now be wondering what's a dangling participle since you aren't an English nerd like me. Um, I'll give you an example of my favorite, the phrase or the sentence, Tinkling in the wind, he heard the wind chime. Tinkling in that sentence is the participle. It's supposed to modify the word wind chime, which is a noun, as in a tinkling wind chime. And that's a pretty pleasant image. But when it's used at the beginning of this sentence, it's actually attached to the he. Um, So this sentence is actually communicating the fact that a man is peeing into the wind and he hears a wind chime as he's doing so. Uh, uh, I don't need that in my life. So I'll probably cover more dangling participles, um, including my least favorite use when I see them from students in another episode, because this is a ranticle and not on the subject of the thing it should be about, which is participles. Um, So this ranticle is brought to you by the Oxford comma. Some of you might know the phrase Oxford comma from the 200, or excuse me, 2008 um, Vampire Weekend song, Oxford comma. In 2017, there was a pretty well-published case up in Maine um, against a trucking company, I think. Uh, um, They were being sued by their workers because the workers hadn't been paid overtime and there was a missing Oxford comma in the contracts. And because of that missing Oxford comma, this company had to pay its truckers to the tune of something like $5 million or something like that. So, you know, people who say the Oxford comma doesn't matter and that it's implied, I say, no, the Oxford comma matters. It can cost you literally millions of dollars if you leave it out of a contract. So I am team Oxford comma. It's really a a stigmatized piece of punctuation. Um, It's been called haughty and stuffy. And originally it was renounced by newspapers because it took up what they thought was valuable in print space. Well, in 2021 America, how are most of us consuming our news? Online. We're not cutting down trees to make room for an extra page of Oxford commas. So go ahead and use it.
I am lax about a lot of things in my class. I don't mind if my students use contractions, and yes, I let them write in first person. But if they fail to use an Oxford comma, I will take off major points. Okay, so what is an Oxford comma? Um, well, in America, it's also called a serial comma. Um, so I like to call it a homicidal comma. And I like all things crime and true crime. So I think it makes it sexy to call it a serial comma. It's the last comma in a list of three or more words in a sentence. And it typically comes before the and or the or that precedes the last um, thing in the list. So, for example, today I'm wearing a cardigan, pants, and vans. So commas in that sentence go after cardigan and the word pants. If I don't put that comma after pants, I'm defining the word cardigan as pants and vans. And unless I've somehow made a fashion statement by sewing my shoes together with a pair of pants and made them into a sweater, I don't really mean that. So I am wearing a cardigan, comma, pants, comma, and vans, period. Um, I used to think that the Oxford comma didn't matter. It took me a while to get on board with team Oxford comma until I saw a meme, uh, which I think is pretty old by now. A lot of people use it in their classrooms um, to show the importance of the Oxford comma. The meme is a cartoon of two adult males in Speedos and pasties. And the sentence below the image was, I partied with the strippers, JFK and Stalin. The only comma in the sentence followed the word strippers. And thus, the assassinated 35th president of the United States and a communist dictator were reduced to strip club work for all of eternity. Uh, I have nothing against strippers per se, uh, nor do I have anything against putting a borderline fascist in his birthday suit. But I really do draw the line at President Kennedy in a Speedo and pasties. Um, where is the humanity in that image? Why would you reduce him to, to that? So to save him, you have to get that comma in there. I partied with the strippers, comma, JFK, comma, and Stalin, period. Right. Now that's a party. Another example I've used recently to help my students understand the need for the Oxford, Oxford comma is I had dinner with my parents, Gandhi and Nelson Mandela. Um, the comma appears only after the word parents in that sentence. And when I read it, I find myself humbled by the fact that the two uh, most notable human rights activists in the world took time out of their busy schedules to have dinner with their child. What that sentence is trying to communicate is that Gandhi and Nelson Mandela are the author's parents. If that one comma only comes after the word parents, that's what we're getting. The author of that sentence once had dinner with his parents and Gandhi and Mandela. So there should be a comma after Gandhi. And now what I see is the author, uh, his parents, and then two world leaders at a dinner table. If you're still not convinced about the Oxford comma, I'll give you this last example. 
I love baking my family and dogs. Uh, this is one that comes at you with no commas, none whatsoever. So on paper, this sentence is about a cannibal who bakes their own family members and dogs into tasty treats. You know, far be it from me to judge consensual cannibalism and canine kebabs. However, that is wrong. If this person loves to bake, period, if this person loves the members of their family, period, and if this person loves dogs, period, the sentence must read, I love baking, comma, my family members, comma, and dogs, period. I think when students fail to use the Oxford comma, they want me to assume that I know what they mean. And sure, that's the argument that most people that are ambivalent about the Oxford comma make. However, in academic writing, assumptions don't count. You have to be clear. So Oxford commas create clarity in your writing. So use them. Thanks for listening today. I am so humbled that you're here. If you have any comments or questions about something I've said, or you have ideas for future episodes, email me at compositionandcircumstance at gmail.com.